in this church, in our lives, in our hearts, God, that you would be dwelling among us, that we would be your sanctuary. God, that you would move freely among your people here. God, we need you. We long for you. We long for your presence, your glory to be made manifest in our lives. We thank you that as two or three gather in your name, you are here in our midst. And we ask, O Lord, that we would continue to be made in the likeness of your Son, that we would be the sanctuary, the place of your dwelling, your habitation, that we may host your presence and that we may be a light to this world. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. It's so good to be back. Uh, it's been three weeks since I've been here. I really miss being up here. I really do, really do. And, uh, but we've had some great speakers in the last few weeks, right? We had our very own Pastor Nick speak to us three weeks ago to wrap up our series on... Uh, uh, spiritual warfare. We had uh, Greg from Crossing Cambodia come a couple weeks ago uh, to talk about uh, what he's doing out there in Cambodia. Just amazing. Uh, just what he is doing and what that ministry is doing to rescue orphan uh, children in Cambodia. You know, I, I just, I want to go. I, I really do. And so, you know, let's be in prayer about that and, and continue to seek the Lord on how we can make that happen. You know, because we're called to minister to the poor and the orphan and um, to defend the fatherless. And so, you know, let's pray about that. But I definitely would like to go. He, he sparked something in me. And so that was great. And then last week we had uh, Emmanuel Bible College come and share with us, right? Remember, remember who's here for that last week? Hey, the three students that came and shared. Man, that one guy, hey, he had a lot of uh, enthusiasm, you know? He was just in, right in there, you know? But man, the, just the testimony that came from him. You know, that's the power of God that transforms lives. I mean, this young man was in and out of prison. He was dealing with uh, addictions and God totally transformed his life. 
right? That is the power of God. I love hearing testimonies like that. And here at Trinity, we want to see that more and more and more. The testimony of the power of God to transform a life. It's amazing. We've heard of testimonies transforming lives here. And I believe in the coming days, we are going to hear this much more, way more. It's going to be amazing. So it's been three weeks since uh, myself and Tracy and, and Mary from the leadership team here at Trinity uh, came back from Southland Church in Steinbach, Manitoba. Now, did you know that Steinbach is Mennonite country? Did you know this? Did anyone know that? Yeah, it's Mennonite country over there too. And so I was talking to this uh, woman at the church and, and she was talking about, you know, the Mennonite heritage in Steinbach. And I was like, well, I'm from Waterloo and we're Mennonite country too, you know? She's like, oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, we have horse and buggy parking at Sobeys. And she was like, what? And I'm like, what? You, you don't have horse and buggy Mennonite? No, no. I was like, oh, we've got the real Mennonites up in Waterloo, man. What are you talking about? Right? So that was an interesting conversation, you know? She's totally shocked to hear horse and buggy. What? Anyway, we had a wonderful time. Wonderful time. And uh, most of us here have heard the story of how I was able to get to go there. Um, but I, want, I just want to share with you again, just uh, give a summary of how it came to pass that uh, myself and Tracy and Mary were able to go to Steinbach, Manitoba um, a few weeks ago. Now, back in January of this year, our regional minister... He's uh, basically the, the guy that's in charge of all the churches, EMCC churches in uh, some area. Anyway, we're one of that, <laughs> those churches. And uh, Claren Martin, he had the senior pastor of Southland Church come to Kitchener and, and talk about Southland Church because there's a move of God that's happening there. And uh, it's just amazing to see. And so uh, Ray Duerksen, the senior pastor of the church, came in January at Faith Evangelical Missionary Church, and I went. And man, it was great to hear the story of how Southland came to be, and uh, I was just blessed to hear that. And uh, it was cool because as he was sharing about Southland Church, I was thinking, man, that sounds like Trinity. Man, a lot of the different things that, that happened along the way, it sounds like, like Trinity. Um, prayer was mentioned quite a lot. And, and at Trinity, we, we are passionate about prayer. And uh, actually, one of the interesting things was that um, what got Southland Church to start praying was uh, Ray's wife uh, became very ill. And uh, the church just gathered around and they had prayer meetings set up and they just started praying for, for her. And they're continuing to pray for her um, to this day. Uh, for her health. And it's just, it's just interesting because at, at that time, that's when Allie, like my wife, was facing some health challenges. And, and man, the church just came alongside and prayed and prayed and prayed. And, got, and, and she is totally better now um, because of that. And she's no longer on any sort of medication now or any treatment now. Her blood levels are normal. Everything's back to normal. And you know what? I just attribute that to the power of prayer uh, in this church. And so just to hear those two stories, I'm like, wow, that sounds so, so similar, you know? And so it was very um, uh, encouraging. I was very encouraged. Well, in June of this year, um, a couple of young men came to Trinity Church. 
Many of you know of the Vanderbregen family. Um, they used to attend Trinity back uh, several years ago, I think almost 10 years ago now uh, or more. And uh, they're a wow, delightful family. You know, Tracy, Mary, and I, we got to stay with them. They're just so great, so uh, loving, amazing people. They had a kitchen table, okay? and in their kitchen table, they carved all these. You know, names, people's names from this church. John and Betty, your name is carved in there, you know. And, and uh, a lot of, yeah, people's names were carved in their kitchen table. And they had that as their kitchen table. And so I carved the Kitchener clock tower into their table, you know, just to say, hey, I'm from Kitchener, you know. But anyway, um, <laughs> they're just great. And, but in June, I didn't know who they were. I, I've never met the Van der Bregens, uh, So I didn't know who they were. Well, the two boys... Uh, their two sons, Tom and Brom, were here in June. And after I, I preached the sermon that one Sunday in June, uh, these two young men came up to me and, he, and they said, Hey, Pastor, we're from uh, Steinbach, Manitoba. And I was like, Oh, yeah. He's like, Have you heard of Southland Church? And I was like, Oh, yes. Of course I have. Yeah. And I just thought, Wow, this is, this is weird. This is cool. This is, sounds like a God thing coming, you know? Because, I mean, back in January, I was just talking about Southland Church, and here's two guys from Southland Church in our church. And so then they're like, yeah, you know, we just had this sense, this is the brother saying this, we just had this sense that God is going to visit Trinity Church the way he visited Southland Church. I thought, wow, wow, this God, are you speaking here? Because, wow, what a there's no coincidences, you know. That just was amazing to hear that. And uh, by the way, Southland Church, they're a church in renewal. They are growing in renewal. And it's a church of 4,000 in a t- town of 15,000. And they are impacting Steinbeck, Manitoba in a powerful way. And so just to hear that, I thought, wow, you know, that's okay, Lord. I, I have no idea what to say, but... Your will, your way. That's the prayer of your pastor here at Trinity Church. Your will, your way, not mine. And so I thought, wow, that's really neat. Well, a couple of weeks go by. I get an email from Tom. And he said, you know, we're, our, our church is having a, a church renewal weekend in October. Can you come? And I said, well, I'd love to come. I don't know if I could afford to come. And he said, it's covered. Just come. Just make the time. Everything else is covered. Expenses, done. And so I I told the leadership team here at Trinity, and they're like, you have to go. You got to go. And so I went. I was able to go. Well, the Sunday before going to Steinbeck, a young man from our church came up to me and said, you know, I just sensed the Lord saying, by the way, the Lord speaks to people. Did you know that? He actually speaks to us. And there are very, a number of us who are able to hear from God. I believe we can all do that. I believe we all can. And, and, and we're growing in this. It's amazing to see this, that we are growing in discerning and hearing the voice of God. Anyway, well, this young man came up to me and said, I just sensed the Lord saying that, you know, you need to go without any expectation. And I was like, wow. Because here's my personality, okay? I over-expect things. You know what I mean? It's not bad to have expectations, you know, expecting to meet with God. Yeah, that's not a bad thing, but I overdo it. I'm like, this is how it's going to work. 
at 10 o'clock, God's going to meet me this way. You know, I, I'm, 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 oh, I overanalyze. And so when things doesn't, don't go that way, I get really upset. I'm like, God, you know, why not? You know? And, and again, it's like it, your will, not my will, right? But I, over, I tend to overanalyze. And so that was a very bang on word for me. And uh, for the first time in a long time that I could remember, I went to a conference with zero expectation. I, I never, I'm never like that. The only expectation I had for going to Steinbeck was, I'm going to go on a plane. Yay. You know, that's it. That's it. I had no expectation about the church and, and witnessing revival happening in a church. No expectation, even though revival is, you know, the buzzword, the heartbeat of my entire existence. I long for it. I, I want to see it more than anything. And yet that was like put to the wayside. And I just thought, I'm going on an airplane. Okay. And so... I went with very little, if any, expectation. And I will just say this. I was going to Steinbeck, Manitoba to see what church renewal was about. I did not expect to be renewed myself. I got renewed. I got renewed. I was brought back to a place of awe and wonder of the cross of Jesus Christ, of what he did for me. We can talk about it. We can recite the gospel story. We can say, Jesus Christ died for me and know it here, but not here. Do you know what I'm talking about? We've heard it so many times. We gloss over the utter enormity of the cross and the message of the grace of God for our sin, that Jesus died for you, for me. He paid the penalty for my sin. I am free from sin because of the cross of Jesus Christ. The payment was enormous. The cost of my sin, enormous. He paid it all. And I came back to that place of understanding what that really meant again. And church, I was born again, again. And I came to the realization that renewal is not something that I can take and put in my pocket. It's not something that I could write down and say, got it. Renewal is a process. It is growing in it. And so I'm here saying to you, I haven't received renewal. I'm growing in it again. I never realized that that's what was needed. But that is what was needed. And I can honestly say that this is the path that I'm on now. And it's changing me. It's changing the way I view my family. It's changing the way I view my ministry. And we were talking about fears and so on. In the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, where we receive the perfect love of God, it casts out fear. And so I've come to a new place of understanding that the fears that I have, I don't have time for that. I, I, I don't. And not, not saying that I don't struggle with fears. It's saying when it comes, I'm able to discern it a little bit better and say, no, I, I come against that thought. It's not of God. No. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus paid for my sin. I have a new identity. 
And so I'm growing in this. And church, my hope is that we as a church will go on this journey towards renewal together. And so I want to talk to you today about church renewal. And we're going to spend the next three Sundays starting today on this topic of church renewal. We're going to talk about what is church renewal? Why do we need church renewal? And how do we get church renewal? And so today we're going to talk about what is church renewal. So a couple of things that I want to note before I start. I just want to say this, that I am not trying to elevate Southland Church and saying that we need to be like Southland Church. Okay? We need to follow that, that church. I'm not saying that at all. Okay? There are some good things that are happening there, and we can adopt some of those uh, methods. For instance, their prayer meetings. Um, there are certain things that they do in their prayer meetings that we're already starting to adopt here at Trinity. That's why we're going to uh, uh, put a renovation period on our prayer meetings, and our last official prayer meeting of the year will be November 25th and 26th, as Tim mentioned. Um, and so we're going to meet and discuss how we're going to implement some of these changes because we want prayer to be accessible to everyone. Okay, we want prayer uh, to be available for everyone to come and receive prayer and to pray. And, you know, um, and so some of the methods that uh, Southland uses, we, we could adopt those things. But listen, at Trinity Church, we want to follow Jesus. Okay? We want to follow him, follow Jesus. But I believe there are some things that Southland Church can uh, show us in discovering how we can follow Jesus and discover our calling as a church. Number two, I want to say this. At Southland, they did not give a step-by-step uh, program to how to get renewal. Okay? Church renewal is not a program. It's not step one, step two, step three. It's a culture. It's a culture. It's the DNA of the church. That's what surprised me and, and shocked me and just, you know, spoke to me the most was the little things that they did from a young age. Like the kids that we saw this morning, from a young age to just before entering the gates of heaven. Okay, we're talking about everyone are on the same page at, at Southland Church. They all pray and listen and hear God. And they're taught how to do this from a very young age. How to hear from the Lord. And it's amazing to see that. And I had some young you know, high school students come to me and pray for me. There was about 10 guys Pastor, come here, come pray. I wanna, we want to pray for you. What? High school kids. They must have been 13, I don't know, 14, right? They came alongside, they, you know, hands all over. I'm like, whoa, this is cool, wow. And this one guy was taking down prayer requests. Pastor, do you have any prayer requests? Yeah, yeah, I pray for this, pray for this. And then they all in one voice started praying. All in one, unison praying. And I'm trying to hear this guy pray, this guy, whoa, whoa, right? But then I just was like, I'm just, I'm just going to be in the moment here and just receiving all the prayers at once. And I was like, wow, this is powerful what's happening. And then after they take a moment, let's just listen. And they listen and like, you know, I just sense the Lord saying this. And then they would write that down. I just sense the Lord saying this, write that down. And I thought, wow, there's no junior Holy Spirit, you know. The same Holy Spirit that is in me is in them is that, and it's in all of us here. And, and some of those words, they were they were. Right on, right on. No way they could have known. And so it was just, 
awesome to see that. It's a part of their church DNA. Number three, I'm not looking to see explosive numerical growth at Trinity Church. That's not my first goal. In fact, it's not even a goal. It's not a goal to see. It's not about the numbers. It's not about becoming like Southland, 4,000, you know. It's not about that, okay? It's about seeing the power of God transforming lives. That's the first thing. That's number one. The power of God to transform lives, not just outside the church with those who do not know Jesus yet. I'm talking about inside the church as well, okay? We need renewal inside the church. And we want to see the power of God inside the church. And when renewal takes place here, it will take place outside the church. And when that happens, yes, the church will grow, but that's not the motive. That's not the goal. It's the outcome of the first goal, which is to see God transforming lives. I believe we will see church renewal. So, here we go. What is church renewal? Church renewal today is a hot topic in the body of Christ. Many theologians, scholars, pastors, church leaders, marketplace leaders, and so on are talking about this. Basically, what they are all expressing is this. They are expressing a hope to see the church revitalized, in some cases reformed, revived in light of the decline of Christianity in our country. We hear about it in Canada. The church is in decline. And in most of the Western countries, in fact, probably all of the Western countries, such as America, you know, the countries in Europe and so on, right? The church is in decline. And church renewal is the hope. We're going to talk more about church, church in decline next week. So in answering church renewal, I want to, what church renewal is, I want to start with two things that Jesus said about the church. Okay? Number one, this is what Jesus says. Matthew 16, 18, he says this. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus said that. Okay, and the second thing Jesus said, Matthew 5, he said this, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Okay, so those two things. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And the church is the light of the world. Now here's the thing about those two statements. And when when I'm talking about church, I'm not centering out Trinity Church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Okay, The, the, The church in our nation as a whole. These two things are not happening. They are not happening. For the most part, they are not happening. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it, Jesus said. Yet there is such rampant sin that runs in the church, inside the church. And we're called to be light in the darkness, but for the most part, the church stays within the walls of the church once a week. And it becomes a feed me, bless me club. Church, as long as we continue in this manner, we will grow in irrelevance to the world. 
It's going to get worse and worse. We were never intended to be this way. Never. Well, what are we intended to be? What does it look like? We need an example. Thankfully, we do have an example of what it looks like when church is renewed. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts. Let me give you a bit of a background as to what's going on here. So this is the account of the early church. Of course, when I talk about early church, I don't want to romanticize the early church and say they had it all together. We need to be just like the early church. Well, that's not necessarily what I'm saying at all. The early church had many problems, right? If you look at the Corinthian letter, they had many problems, okay? So the early church, although there are some things we can take from the Word of God, they had issues too, okay, just like us. And so uh, when I talk about early church, it's not romanticizing, but there's some things that we can learn, okay? And so the religious leaders of the day, together with the Roman civic leaders, they condemned Jesus to death. Peter, the one who at one point declared, Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter said this, right? He made that declaration. You are the Christ. You are the one in whom our hope is securely found. All of a sudden, when Jesus was taken into captivity, Peter changes, doesn't he? And he denies Jesus. Wow. Jesus then is taken to be crucified. And he died on the cross. And he was buried in a tomb. A few days later, some of the women among the disciples went to the tomb where Jesus' body lay and they discovered that he wasn't there. Angels appeared to them. Wow. Isn't that awesome? That'd be cool to see an angel someday. eh? Angels appeared to them and said, he's not here, he's risen. And so the women, they go to tell the disciples. Some of them don't believe him, believe the women. But then Jesus appears to the disciples and it's like, whoa, he is risen. He defeated death. Wow. And then Jesus says this to them in Acts chapter one, verse eight. You, talking about the church, you, talking about the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus tells them, listen, this is going to happen, okay? Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you're going to witness to the world about me. And then in Acts chapter 2, the disciples, they were gathered in one place. There was about 120 of them. And suddenly the word of Jesus, the prophetic word that Jesus gave, came to pass. The Holy Spirit fell and came upon them. And this is where we see renewal take place. After the Holy Spirit came, this is what we read about Peter. In Acts chapter 2, verse 14 and onwards, when you look at those, that passage, Peter He starts to preach. Okay? Peter, who denied Jesus, 
who was filled with fear, something happened to him. And now he's suddenly proclaiming Jesus. No fear. Something happened. What a significant story this is, by the way. You know, it talks about the mercy and the amazing grace of God. God is so merciful. He is so forgiving. He's so patient with us. He uses us in spite of us. He uses me in spite of me. And he uses you in spite of you. Some of you might say, you know, I I just, I don't think God can use me. I don't know the Bible enough. I don't do this enough. I don't, listen, listen. Peter was a fisherman. He denied Jesus. And yet God did something in his life so that he could be transformed and start proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Wow. What an amazing thing. And then we see Peter preaching and he boldly declares uh, from the book of Joel. Talk about a guy, a fisherman. And you think, he didn't know the Bible? Look, at, look, what, look what he does. This is what he does. He, pro- he utters through uh, the prophet uh, Joel. This is what he reads. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The, sh- the sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood. That's an interesting passage. Uh, We've had, what, two already? Blood moons. There's two more to come. Uh, Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter, who once denied Jesus, proclaimed this message. Something has to happen to you for you to do that. Peter is the definition of renewal. Renewal is something that happens to you that puts you on the path that God originally intended for you. Renewal is getting back to God's agenda. Now, I shared this story uh, a a few years ago, um, but I'd like to share it again. I think it has some relevance for us today. I had this plant, right? It was a small plant. Very nice plant. It, it was fuzzy. Kind of like those fuzzy stickers. How many of you remember fuzzy stickers? Right? Those are so cool, man. I mean, I remember going to like Kumon Math or whatever, and if I did well, they'd give me a fuzzy sticker. I'm like, whoa, cool. Right? Well, this plant was like a fuzzy sticker. It was so cool. I'm like, man, God, you are so creative. You can make plants like this with hair on it? Wow. Right? And I, I didn't know what the name of this uh, plant was until recently. It's called lamb's ears. Okay? There's a picture of it here. Um, yeah, I had this plant. Okay? I just thought it was so cool. But I'm not a plant person. Uh, I'm not sure if Ali is either, but uh, we placed this plant on a shelf, very odd place. I mean, technically, I think it looked aesthetically okay, but it was on a shelf, like at the back of a room, no sunlight could ever get there, 
and the shelf is really high. And so we forgot about the plant for like a year or something. I don't know how long, like very long, okay? And the plant, it just started to, like, it just shriveled. And it became lifeless and dead, you know, kind of like that, okay? It just was, was dead. It was brown, shriveled. The, the, the soil was like hard. And it was so bad. Yeah, one day I was just in the room. I'm like, hmm, oh, 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 it was just a dead plant. I'm like... Holding this plant, I thought, you know, I could just throw this out. I could have just thrown it away. I don't know. Something in me was like, maybe it can be revived, you know, maybe. And so I tried watering this plant. And it's so funny because the uh, soil was like cardboard, okay? I put water in and it would seep right, right through, right out the bottom of the, you know, the holes in the planter. it just go right through. And so the water didn't even, uh, you know, make the soil moist. So I thought, oh, man. So I just, I, but I just kept doing it. I just kept putting water in, kept putting water in, and I placed it in a better spot than that brutal spot. You know, I put it in a nicer spot with sunlight by the window, and uh, I just kept watching it, you know, water it, and just, you know. And then little by little, it started to change. Little by little, the leaves started to turn green again. Little by little, it started to grow. And even baby shoots started to come up. And it was restored. It started to look healthy again. To the point where it was like back to its original look. You know, it grew to how it was supposed to be again. I believe that whole thing was God showing me what renewal is about. Because it just it spoke to me in that moment when, when that happened. That's what renewal is about. That's what it's like. That's renewal. Renewal is getting back to the basics, back to the place where we are supposed to be. We are supposed to be the light of the world, a beacon of light to this region, to our neighbors around us, to the city of Kitchener-Waterloo, to the ends of the earth. That's our calling. That's our mandate. We are called to be the place where the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Now, here's the thing that I see in the book of Acts. It was a move of God that took place in order for Peter and the disciples to be renewed that way. It took God to do something. Okay? God did something. And I believe God is doing something here in this church. We are on a path to renewal here. So in the coming days, we're going to see God move more and more. Here's a, a transcript of a, a speaker who came a couple of years ago. I've read this before. I just want to share this again. His name was Jonathan Graff. He came here and we had a, a prayer conference a couple years ago, right? I think it was. And, uh, you know, a few of us from Trinity were at this conference. Uh, there were some who were outside of Trinity Church that came to take part in this conference on, on prayer, on becoming a house of prayer. And uh, Jonathan Graff spoke here on a Sunday. And this was the first thing that he said. Okay, this is what he said. I don't usually do this. But as I came in this morning, I had a tremendous sense, 
particularly from the young people leading worship, and all these people under 40 in the congregation. You have a wonderful mix of young couples, and I just have a sense that God is going to do an incredible work through you, an exploding work in the coming days. You have been kind of status quo for a while with some growth, but I just see his hand on you, on your journey to become a house of prayer. God is up to something, and there is going to be an explosion, I believe, that you are going to see souls come to him. You are going to see marriages brought back together. You are going to see broken lives restored and transformed. And I think a huge key is in the young people. Not that the old are not going to be used. You have prayed and prayed for this. And then he prayed for us. And this is what he prayed. Father, I come to you now. And I thank you for what you are doing in this church. Thank you for their heart for you. I thank you for their desire to want to grow in prayer. I thank you for the nurturing that, you must, have, that must have taken place here, that so many young couples are here. And I just thank you for their heart. But I pray that in your spirit, that your spirit would be released in a unique way, a powerful way in this congregation. I pray it especially on those who are young, that you said in Joel that you would pour out your spirit on all people. I just want to stop there for a second. By the way, the young people right now, age under 40, we're going to talk more about this next week, they are leaving the church in droves, okay? This is the age group that is not in church. And so it is unique for us uh, in this church to have uh, so many young families here. Not that anyone else is excluded. I'm not saying that. But for some reason, <clears throat> the devil is attacking this generation more so. And, but God's going to do something to return their hearts back to him. And so... Uh, Just carrying on. Uh, You said in Joel that you would pour out your spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters would prophesy. And I pray that your spirit would be mighty on the young people, the young couples. And I pray for those who are older here, Lord, that you would give us visions and dreams as well as what you want to do to make us prayer warriors and make us open to change and open to things being different. That we would know it is your spirit as we watched it happen, Lord. And that we would be tremendous financial supporters of it to fuel it in the way. Uh, I didn't tell him to say that, by the way. He just said this. So anyway, tremendous supporters to fuel it in a way that I pray that over the next few years that this congregation would marvel at what your spirit is doing in their midst as they see souls saved and people who are broken brought back to the fullness of fellowship with you, Lord Jesus, and being transformed. I pray that they would be mighty discipling church as they get these new souls. And I pray especially for those who are older, who have wisdom of years in the word, that they would be able to disciple well those who are coming to Christ. Make them a people hungry for your word and hungry for your spirit as well that they would be truly a New Testament church and would shake up this part of Kitchener-Waterloo. May it be so, Jesus. I pray this in the mighty name of the Lord. Amen. Wow, that was prayed over us uh, almost two years ago. And I believe with every fiber of my being that God led him to say that and pray that over our church. And so whatever it, whatever it might be, let us be in prayer as a church, as a congregation. God, your will, your way. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just want to once again thank you
We thank you, God, that you are so merciful and forgiving and loving. That you are not done with us. That you have a plan to restore us, renew us, revive us, to be who you've called us to be. God, I thank you for the work you are already doing. We just thank you so much for the healing testimonies that have taken place in this church. Thank you so much for the deliverance testimonies that have taken place. And, and, and just what you're doing in the midst of us, Lord. Father, I pray that young and old would return to you in droves. Not just at Trinity Church, but at Creekside Church down the road, at All Saints Church down the road. That this region would be covered by the anointing of your Holy Spirit and that we would see a mighty outpouring, a great awakening once again, that this nation would be brought back to that place where you have dominion from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. We thank you, God, for what you are about to do. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Come, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Have a wonderful week.